This episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast is actually a broadcast that we do on AM radio. So we do a show called The Draw on 12:10 a.m. The Man, which broadcasts in South Florida, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, we've been broadcasting live from Cigar Cellar of Miami at 1557 Sunset Drive, and we're sharing broadcasts of The Draw here on our podcast. So without any further ado, here is the latest installment of The Draw. On 12:10 a.m., the man, which you can also find on Spotify if you search for the draw 12:10, or uh, streaming live again Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 12:10theman.com. That's one two one zero theman.com. Otherwise, uh, you should be able to catch uh, episodes of that show right here on the Cigar Snob Podcast feed, unless you want to hear us live, which is always fun. Anyway, here you go. Tenthemand.com. Welcome to The Draw. Hello, hello. AM The Man. I'm Nick Jimenez, joined by Carlos Carluba Rodriguez. Hello, hello. And, and a very special guest. You want to go ahead and introduce him? And a very special guest, ladies and gentlemen, documentary filmmaker, and very good friend of mine, Mr. Joe Cardona. How are you, fellas? We are doing very well. We are not joined by by one Eric Calvino. Yeah. Should I read into that? Yeah. This, should I read into this? That this man we did this on Eric, purpose. Did he plan his vacation around my appearance? We Absolutely. planned your appearance around his. That's vacation. what it was. We we were like Eric would never let this happen. <laughs> we, <laughs> the irresponsible stuff that's about to spew from us in the oh, next he's hour. Regret it. We've been he's plotting. Regret it. We've been plotting ever since we heard about this vacation of his, and he probably can't even hear it. No, he has no idea. He's when out the in, cat's a, away. in a desert somewhere. Oh, man. The boys will play. Mm-hmm. I saw he was riding an ass the other day. Can we say that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. In that context, we yeah, can say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a donkey. Yep. There was a oh, donkey. Oh, he was riding one. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, this is already going in, in exactly the direction <laughs> he hoped it would go. <laughs> <laughs> I blame you, Eric Calvino. What are you, what are you fellas right up to? Yeah. We're this, is, this, is what happens. this is what happens when you leave, Eric. Tu eres un irresponsable de todo. This is your magazine, and you've left us to do what we want with it. This is off the rails already. Did you guys see the movie FM? Of course not. You're too young. No, I have no, no idea. No, what, no, is, uh, it, FM? FM. What does that mean? Well, exactly. Spell it. It was a film. It was a film about a disc jockey who hijacks the station, right? An album-oriented rock station. A what? And the guy, and the guy begins you playing. Said album? Like a photo album? album? album. Yeah, I didn't hear what you said. Wait, no, really, what did you say? <laughs> right. uh, an Ladies album. and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> and our listening audience, uh, if you're over the age of 12, uh, <laughs> it's very difficult to listen to these gentlemen on a daily basis, of course. But, but album-oriented rock station, and it was hijacked, kidnapped by the, uh, by the DJ, which was played by... Uh, Howard Hessman, who used mm. to play Dr. Johnny Fever on WKRP Cincinnati for all the TV fans. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, they played whatever they wanted, right? So right. we're kind of doing the same thing. So Eric's away. We've hijacked the airwaves of 1210 Demand. Yes. And, uh, there you go. You know, there you go. I, I just learned a new reference today about uh, now you know. FM and uh, Harry, Harry, uh, By the way, the, Harry Huntsman. What's his name? No, Howard Hessman. Howard Hessman. Oh, we're going with Harry Huntsman. The t- Harry Huntsman. <laughs> The title track was so FM by, by Steely Dan, mm. a band from yes. a time long no, ago. Asia. So, uh, <laughs> Asia. Very good. Yeah. I, I, know St- I know Steely Dan. Well, I, good. But, 
the group that I've seen live was a Madison, Wisconsin tribute band in Dane County called wow. Steely Dane. Wow. Wow. So there's that. Pretty good. I know now, Steely. do you know what Steely Dan, where the name came from? No. I don't. I feel I like don't. I've heard the story, though, and I yeah. don't. We're going never... to not say it on the air? I've oh, never heard okay. the story. One of those stories? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I've yep. never heard the story. Um, apparently, really? to keep it the G really? version, right. or PG apparently. version, is, uh, Allegedly. is uh, it's a sex toy, a mm. Steely Dan. Correct. And, uh, oh, now it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely no sense. Like many of their lyrics, like much of their, their stuff, it's like unintelligible. Like, hmm. you know. Right, 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 right. Gibberish. The Cuervo Gold. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? Are you familiar with um, uh, Oh Hello? So this is a, a sketch comedy thing that comedians uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll do. Okay. And they play a couple oh, of yes. very old... Uh, Steely Dan songs? Well, no, no. They play two old characters who, among many other character traits, they are fanatics of Steely Dan. Of course. Yeah. And so they'll spend their whole routine, you know, kind of going back and forth referencing Steely Dan songs. Steely Dan lyrics. Amazing. So, so um, what's up, fellas? So, guys, so, what are we smoking? What we're smoking. We are, this was Carluba's choice. Yes. Carluba, you went with the La Flor Dominicana Ligero. Ligero. I believe the size... Is, is it, it on there? L300. Okay, yes. So the L300... Is uh, oh man, their their website does not make it easy to hover over things. In any case, uh, this is it looks like about a fifty something ring it's gauge. It's about a Toro size. About it's a Toro about size. Fifty two, fifty four ring gauge by about six and yeah. a half or six and three quarters. It's inches. got a beautiful uh, Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. It looks like a it's like a chocolate bar. Yeah, uh, it looks really shelf. nice. I've I've personally I'm usually a fan of of La Flor Dominicana. So I'm, I'm not a fan blanket of any brand per se. But um, if if there's a brand that comes close, among them is La Flor Dominicana for me. What I mm. like what I like about them, especially now, is that you know La Flor Dominicana sort of made a name for themselves with these like big bold flavors with things like Ligero mm-hmm. and Double Ligero, which at the time they were released, people would see that name on there and, and think it was light. Well, well, and think it was light. But if you knew what Ligero was, you might even think these are very strong. And at the time they were compared to the rest of the market. Yes, yes. The rest of the market is sort of caught up to that. They've kept the names, and now, relatively speaking, if you know if you've been smoking, this is actually like a nice. It's it's a medium plus cigar. It's not quite you know a put you on your butt strength no. cigar compared to some of the other things you might. No, but it does have some body. It does have oh, some bodies. Sure. It's sure. got a little kick, and the the thing I like about it is the size. Right, it's a Toro size, about a Toro size, and so you could get through it pretty well. Um, as we're trying to take a selfie for this, the audience that's this listening on radio on the, yeah, on the radio. <laughs> quiet radio while the. Take a selfie. There you go. Carluba is trying to. There you go. Selfie done. Now you, you can it. post. Now We're you feel professional. You We're feel professionals better? around here. This is better? the way you do radio. Right. That's why <laughs> right. this, this is AM, Joe. This is AM, yeah. not FM. As, right. a, as a media professional We're not in Cincinnati. You know, for your entire career, Joe, do you feel like this is entirely beneath you? Is this yes. the pinnacle of, yes, your, yes. of your media life? <laughs> is this the pinnacle of your media life? <laughs> Yes, absolutely, yeah. Nick. <laughs> you how, how many trophies are on your mantle he for you was, to end uh, up here? This is an Emmy, an Emmy <laughs> award-winning filmmaker. I'll tell you, uh, uh, you are part of an Emmy award-winning film. I was shockingly I was, enough, I was still gave us the award. I was an associate producer. Wow, on an a, Emmy award-winning film. An Emmy award-winning uh, film. That's a yes. scary proposition. Miami he hasn't Bohemian. stopped reminding us. Right. <laughs> you know I associately Luba. produced <laughs> Miami Bohemian. That's what I tell people. Yeah, you pick great cigars. Yes. I must say. And I, I still get uh, recognized sometimes from El Open House. 
Very nice. Yes, so I do. Let, let's for, by the older crowd. We didn't really get into it. I, no. I think we really should flesh out our introduction of Joe yeah. for those who may not be aware. But I'm going to let you take the lead on that. So at, against my better judgment, from what I know, just guard it. Guard it. Just you know, Joe's a, a filmmaker, and what I particularly like about Joe's films is that they have a lot to do with our community. Our they're Cuban, imperfect. Our they're imperfect and. They're very imperfect, but they exist, <laughs> and someone's got to do these things. And Joe has been brave enough to sacrifice his life to tell these stories about our community, uh, our culture, uh, done in a very um, clearly passionate way. The thing about living in Miami, I'll tell you, is uh, I just finished a film that's going to be distributed nationally this fall on PBS called Sister, about the, the nun who wrote Dead Man Walking. Yeah. Yada yada got a very Orleans, important right? story, New Orleans. Nice. And um, it's got all kinds of celebrity interviews and controversial stuff. Perfect. No matter how many of those films I make, because I live in Miami, I'll get stopped weekly. Somebody will say, Oh yeah, open house. Oh yeah, man, I got to Tunisite Cafe con Legend. Oh man, major major league Cuban. Right, major league Cuban, right. So Anything associated to Miami or the water Cuban culture, factories. water running factories, inevitably, I'll be stopped for. Any highbrow stuff mm -hmm. that somebody outside of Miami may know, not a chance. I'm going to get stopped for that in Miami. Sure, not a chance. But you've been to the pretty, you've been to the to the top of the of that world. You were at the Tribeca a few uh, years ago. Was that Tribeca with Celia the Queen? With Celia the Queen. And you would think is that, more. Is folks, that your most uh, like uh, commercially successful film? Actually, it isn't. Um, I have a film out, which is on its seventh national PBS run, called The Day It Snowed in Miami, about oh, Anita yes. Bryant. You're right. Yes, but, you're right. But unless I'm you know, among my LGBT friends, no one's going to ask me about that in Miami. Uh, the broskies, the bros, yeah. will constantly talk about Café con leche, Major League. Hey, bro, uh, you missed the guy. And I'm like, okay, right. sure. <laughs> yeah. Right on. All the time. All the time. All the time. It could um, always be better. In right. fairness, this is South Florida. That's right. The LGBT community also uses bro here. They do. And, <laughs> so there, and by there the are way. many LGBT broskies. And, and, and they are. And, and some of them um, also LGBT. make references. The, the Latino or the Miamians, LGBT which broskies. is a term that I love to use. Um, I also wrote a column in the Herald for a few years, for about five years. And so when I get the job, they said, okay, which is funny. They hired me without asking me what I really wanted to write about. Right. So when they finally got around to asking that, and they said, so what, what are you going to write about? I said, uh, oh, I'm going to write about Miamians. And they looked at me like I was a cyclops. Right? Miami, what? What is a Miami? What, what, what is that? Which I think younger generations, um, like you guys, have kind of fit that role and kind of kind of felt comfortable in it whereas my generation it was always better to be from somewhere else right even the local sports teams like nobody rooted for the local sports teams when i was a kid because everybody wanted to be a cowboy fan or whatever yeah. fan yeah and and but your generation took it kind of embraced it and and you guys are miamians right and so the question becomes you know are we hyphenated americans you know are we cuban americans exactly. are we Americans of Cuban descent, or are we just Miamians, which is a breed in and of itself? Yeah, I I, I totally uh, can relate to that because you're right. You know, our parents. It's come to my attention a few times doing some deep thinking that yeah, you know, my parents are not from here, and I'm and I'm from this place, and 
It's, that's led me to learn a lot about Miami and educate myself about where I'm from, literally, you know, uh, physically. I'm from this uh, specific geographical place, and I want to learn about it. And I'm the first in my family to be from this place. So, Nick, if I had to press you on it, what sure, would you yeah. say you are? No, I mean, I, I think that to be, not to be from Miami, but there is a set of Miami experiences right. that are defined by that both end. Right. So, yes, I am from here. Nicely done. But my experience of being from here is that I am also from places that, at least at some time, I had never been. Right. Right. And I've, I've had, and maybe some of this is related to the fact that, and you know some of my background in working with all the Cuba activism stuff. Right. That I've sat across from tables, uh, you know, uh, across tables from people who were at the time living in Cuba, whether this was a conversation in Cuba or uh, with some Cuban who was visiting the States. And that person telling me, you are, by virtue of the way you grew up, your values, what, what, you, what you give your life to. No, more Cuban than some of my neighbors in Havana. That, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and so I think a lot of that comes down to how you define the terms uh, and also the individual and, you know, some of the choices that they make. But, uh, so we can, we can kind of generally extract that we kind of check all those boxes. I think, I think right? that it's, it's very much, a, a, or at least it can be for many people, a both-end thing. On the other hand, though, I, to your point, I do think that maybe uh, younger generations, and I would include yours here too, right? The, the people who oh, have, thank you for that. Yeah, Nick. I know. I mean, no wonder I like Nick so much. But you know, unlike unlike yeah. the, uh, well, we're gonna ask you, know. you to pay for the bill. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, we haven't sent you to the palace yet, Joe. Uh, <laughs> it's only the beginning. It's only the first. The first We've segment. We've only just begun. <laughs> Another song you guys don't know. But, uh, but, but I think it's not so much a youth thing as it is just pe the, the generations that have spent enough time here to have uh, gotten to the point where they're concerning themselves with figuring out the identity of the city. And exactly. certainly your work has had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Well, not that they name drop, but, but in this case, Billy Corbin, for example. I've told Billy, Billy, you and I have more in common right. than I have with a guy who just arrived from Cuba yesterday. And that's the truth because oh, we share shared commonalities yeah, here. Maybe. I don't know yeah, how much culturally, I agree with Culturally, there are some things, obviously, my affinity to Cuba as well, and I've had a lot of political activism sure. with Cuba related too. But, but generally, I feel like I have more kind of relativity to folks yeah. that grew oh, up in absolutely. South Florida. It's like and, and Miami in particular. Maybe. Like, I don't know Billy in particular. I think that it's, it's truer of some people. Right. Maybe others. folks that are, that are raised here maybe. since they were young. Sure, yeah, right. sure. But I think maybe that's more because... Folks who are not, say, Hispanic, grew up here and by virtue of that ended up uh, experiencing things that were not from here. So I think it's, it's not so much that it's Miami, it's that Miami has taken all these things from elsewhere and someone like Billy has ended up with that as part of his life. There you go. Yeah. Um, so we are coming up on our first hard break. That's the part of Miami Nobody, nobody has Get stopped by it. Sports Grill. Nobody has stopped by Sports Grill and brought us chicken wings. Shame on all In of you. In a few weeks. You have one commercial break to make it here with chicken wings before our next segment. Listen to these ads while you buy me chicken wings. Welcome back to Whoa. the draw. You like that? You like I that? Was, uh, Boom. I was falling asleep. No, I'm not. Really, man. That's what, that's that was a really fun tidbit in that, uh, that last ad there, Nick. I'm telling you. Uh, a Nicaraguan poodle is a cigar that the wrapper, binder, and all the fillers are exclusively one. Purely. The tobacco purely. Purely from one country. Puramente. Puramente. So, um, yes, that is what that means. Pura y exclusivamente Nicaragua. <laughs> you are listening to, oh, whoa, hey, you are listening to The Draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. I'm Nick Jimenez, joined by Carlos Carluba Rodriguez and documentarian slash special guest Joe 
Cardona. Uh, what an intro. Before we get into all the other things we're going to talk about, I have things to say about show sponsor, Cigar we'll Seller. We'll get on Miami. with it now. Oh, boy, what do you got to tell me? I have, no, but I have prepared remarks. I have prepared remarks. Hey, guys. It's Nick here from The Draw. As a person who travels the world visiting cigar lounges, this is a thing I do. I travel the world professionally. I've, seen the, I've seen the pictures. Yeah, 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 pictures yeah, yeah. are verified. photo evidence. The, yes, there is. People ask me about the best cigar bars in Miami. What are the best cigar bars in Miami? I always, 100% of the time, say, Hey, Nick, what's the best cigar bar in Miami? Cigar Cellar, located right off of Sunset Drive in South Miami. Owner Alex Broche invites you to the man cave that is Cigar Cellar. Sometimes also a woman cave. When Jackson's around a few times a week, a dog cave. They have a great selection, including Oliva, my father, La Flor Dominicana, that's what we're smoking today, CLE, Arturo Fuente, and some excellent craft beers and wine. Carlos, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Founders uh, mm, 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 Dead Bastard. Mm, mm. Dead Bastard. This is not in the ad. What are you drinking, Joe? Uh, purified water. Excellent. Yeah. This is not in mm. the ad copy, but I will also so note pretentious. that whenever people ask me, what cigar bar of all the ones you visited has the coolest doorknob? Cigar oh, seller of Miami's absolutely. humidor doorknob. Biometric. Fingerprint biometric doorknob. Biometric 500 technology. 500 fingerprints are stored in that doorknob, and that's how you get in there. Did you know that? I, I did not. Is your mind blown right now? I, I, a little bit. This is where technology and cigars meet. meet. Col- this this is, they biometrics. They, they collide, collide here. here. So there is 20 wow. to come see Alex, who's the cigar seller Correct. at Cigar Seller. He's the, he's the seller of cigars at the seller, C-E-L-L-A-R. And, and you, too, can have your imprint, your fingerprint. Yes. If you are a member, if you are a paying VIP member, which costs 800 bucks for the year, and that includes store credit plus discounts plus 24-hour access to that that's lounge. Not a, that's not a bad deal. It's, no, it's not, not a bad deal. You're what? allowed in there where you, <laughs> where you get a humidified locker, access but to the TV. can you guarantee me I won't run into Carluba in there? Carluba's not can't. a member, so right now yeah. I can. Because right he's now, no. looking like. But if I but if I do become a member, I have twenty four hour access, and, and he will find thought, out. He yeah. will find out when you're when in the there. baby at home is that you just, just bail. Just out of here. here. I'm out of here, people. I'm easy to miss. So the TV, big discount, not little discounts. You get big discounts around here. Cigar Cellar is also the home of our radio show. We are live on site Monday through Wednesday. Today is Tuesday, hence live. we're here. 6 to 7 p.m. where we hang out, smoke, and talk all manner of cigar snobbery. Visit Alex Broche and the great people at Cigar Cellar. They will make you a VIP in like a loose sort of sense. But again, if you pay 100 bucks, an actual VIP. Yeah, an actual VIP. The, right. main, the main benefit of VIP status it's is storing letting your people know about your importance. Oh, which is storing your fingerprint. You get to poke your head out of the lounge and just look down your nose at all these uh, hoi polloi over here between the lounge and the bar. That's right, the hoi polloi. That's right. Uh, so they'll make you a VIP here at 1557 Sunset Drive. Call them at 305-381-0458 if you're one of those weirdos who still uses a phone to call people. Or go to their website at CigarSellerOfMiami.com. They have, uh, they have a store there, so you can actually buy just about anything they have in stock and then some, they sell including cigars? accessories and whatnot, uh, through that website. Or follow them on Instagram at Cigar underscore Seller. It's Cigar Seller, not Seller S-E. Mm. L-L-E-R, cellar, like an underground cellar, but this is actually a ground level. A lot of nice natural light. It's not a cellar. This it is, is not, not a, a cellar. sort of feel. But you can buy cigars yeah. here exactly. from Alex yeah. the it, Cigar it doesn't, quite, it doesn't quite feel cellary, which incidentally 
is I what comes for lunch. on the side with the chicken wings yeah. that you should be bringing me. I had some for lunch uh, while you uh, while we're doing this show. Mm-hmm. Joe, are you, are you done with your Joe message? Joe looks salary like he like, wants to get the hell out of here right now. <laughs> Joe is, uh, <laughs> with the Bobberies, which me, is anglicized for Boeria. Tell me this so, isn't the best value in radio uh, uh, advertising. Uh, uh, is this fantabulous? Is it, fantabulous. This is pretty good. So Joe, so come on, ask what me you, some questions. What do you? Uh, What's your, what do you? What's your current project? What are you currently working? You know, on? funny you're, you al- ask. you're always working funny on something you cool. <laughs> I am. Uh, <laughs> I am working on. Uh, I, I don't want to give away the title, but it, it has to do with the Rum Wars, right? The Havana Club Rum Wars, and there's a play in town that many of you have seen. And, Perhaps yeah, uh, anybody who listens to the show has heard it mentioned plenty of times. Amparo, and uh, so it has to do with that whole situation, um, where you know I'm still blown away that there are people that defend you know theft. Uh, and, and there are, yeah. uh, and they're generally called thieves. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, the whole Havana club thing. And so it's a very interesting topic. I've delved into it and, uh, and done a lot of research and come up with the same solution or the same kind of thoughts that I had when I started the investigation, which was, you know, theft is theft and it's not a cool thing. Right. And, um, and there's so much hype surrounding Cuba on every level. Right, the mythology is just uh, amazing. Even with the with the rum thing, so now it turns out that Hemingway really didn't drink mojitos. What he drank was a frozen concoction, kind of a daiquiri uh, with maraschino or maraschino or however they they say it. Sure, um, I say maraschino. Maraschino. <laughs> um, so the sign at a Floridita, which Cuba proudly hails. Uh, seems to be a fake. Interesting. A fraud. Um, you a know, fraud where he says, my, right, my <laughs> mojito, at, you know, eh, la, la bodita del medio, and my, or in reverse, my right. mojito at, at Florida and my daiquiri. Like yeah. Right. The daiquiris he did have, and he wrote about it. There is no evidence. There's no photo evidence, and there is no written evidence that he ever drank mojitos, other than a concoction that his... Uh, boat captain would make when they would go out at sea, which was similar to a mojito. It was kind of like a hard lemonade. Um, but that's the extent of it. So the mythology around Hemingway in Cuba, and of course, Cuba has that, that photo of him and Fidel the one time they met um, at uh, uh, the bar to commemorate in a statue, a bronze statue, and then behind it, you can't take a picture of the bronze statue without the mug of Fidel and Hemingway. So Anyway, I've learned a lot about uh, rum and the history of rum in Cuba, which is fascinating, and, and the development of rum, and it's kind of like the stepbrother to all the other spirits, right? Right. It doesn't get the respect that the whiskey gets. or the. It's kind of like a poor man's liquor. Yeah. Yeah, I could, yeah rum is usually kind of seen that way. The British yeah. Navy, by the way, until 1972. Maybe pirates have a lot to do with uh, pirates, and But, you know, the British Armada, mm-hmm. until 1972, would give people or give their sailors a shot of grog, what they called grog, right. which was this crazy concoction of lime and rum because and, they felt it was medicinal in some of fashion. Course. Yeah. I know you agree. It would, make you, you agree. it would make you forget about your seasickness, <laughs> your seasickness. on one of those or, yeah, when you're wooden in paddles of a right. ship. Exactly. Um, but Crossing it's a fascinating Atlantic, topic. It's crazy. And uh, it's, it's, for a filmmaker, it's a delight. So what's, what's it been like for you... Um, have you? I, I assume you've been through the Amparo experience several times. In fact, I was hired early on as a consultant when they did the pilot here in Miami. Got it. 
So I saw the first incarnation of Amparo, and then I was like a crazy man for like about a year telling people, oh, this thing is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and people would look at me, well, where can I see it? And I'm like, well, you can't. Yeah. And so finally I was very happy to see it open here. And, and now when you tell people we'll go see it, they see it, and they say, oh, it's incredible, yeah. and it is. Um, Which, by the way, it's been extended through August and September. Now it ends September 29th. And a shout-out to the entire cast, but especially my homegirls, uh, Vicky Collado and Vanessa Garcia. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the DJ the playwright. In, the, in the back. Yeah, the music not so great after. That's all right. In the back, yeah. It's yeah, a good time. not so great. It's a good time. DJ Carluba. DJ Carluba. No, DJ Carluba is good. At the um, Battle Rum Garden. <laughs> Carlos, not so much, him, but DJ Carluba. Hit him with your, op- hit him with your intro to the party. Uh, the intro is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Amparo Rum Garden. Feel free to grab some specialty Havana Club cocktails at the bar. Also available are cigars and um, bottle merchandise. I am so sad that I missed that. In addition, so the sad. Finca food truck is offering some fantastic fare as well. The fare is fantastic. Yeah. Kick back, relax, and enjoy your evening. There you go. So what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm assuming both of you guys. Obviously, Carluba's there at, like every right. day. Yeah, and I, I've done it three times now. Yeah, I, I did it uh, three times as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so when do you go on an exploration trip to find a sunken rum running ship and potentially some, you know, two hundred year old rum? Right. Still I, ass- sealed I assume in a you barrel. have a James Cameron style right. submarine ready. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a one man submarine. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of looks mm-hmm. like a bicycle, you know, tricycle kind of kind a of tricycle thing. submarine. That right, is, wow. kind of very Jacques Cousteau-ish. Yes, um, but. Uh, Two-year-old. Here's, here's two-year-old something I really story. found interesting. The the uh, you know the height of the rum of rum consumption really happens. Prohibition really does a number for Cuba Cuba right. as a whole and and uh, especially for rum. And so I didn't know that there were certain noted bartenders, American bartenders, that once prohibition was passed, hightailed it over to Havana and never came back. Now think of it. You're, you know, tending bar in Boston somewhere. Suddenly, they shut down operations, and you can either go work at a speakeasy. Right. Or, or go to Cuba. go to this tropical paradise. Uh, what a tough decision. And make a boatload of money. And have what all your American clients come visit decision. you mm-hmm. in Havana. And you're living in tropical paradise, and you don't have to deal with, you know, shoveling the snow and yada, yada, yada. Right. I'm thinking about it. You're right. Right. All that, show you, all that snow you're shoveling. In the, All uh, the snow he shovels here in when did they, South Miami. When, did, when, when was uh, Prohibition enacted? In, in, the, in, in the teens? The 19... Up to 1933? 20, 20. In the late 29-30. So you really have a good decade of right. Prohibition in the yeah. United States. And, uh, Man, that, was, that, that time would have... Havana was booming. Sucked. It was booming. Well, but Havana, oh, yeah. but Havana Prohibition Havana... Must have been oh out of this world. Well, that's yeah. where a lot of the gangsters went down there, right? Uh, Lucky Luciano. You know, Lucky was in Lucky. Lucky gets out of prison in the forties after the Second World War. Um, but this this prohibition era and in the in U.S. Havana. in Cuba starts. Does that kickstart the whole like uh, Havana as a Vegas of the Caribbean? You know? I think it might have been. You know, you may be onto something. I think that's when mobsters may have identified Havana as a possible location, you know, party like to set up shop and have a yeah. good time. Yeah. All right, so we have. About three minutes here, and so I'm going to segue into the question of what are your preferred rum and rum cocktails? You know, I'm, I'm now dabbling into the Hemingway uh, daiquiri. 
which is a lot different than the frozen concoctions you get down in the Keys. Yep, I'm a fan. Um, and and with a with a cube, so if if it's frozen with a cube, that huh? way, yeah, with a cube. Okay. Um, but I am a fan of the of the Hemingway uh, daiquiri. It's got a it's it's less sugary. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why he uses the maraschino. Uh, and apparently he was a diabetic and wanted to avoid. Got it. Uh, some of the other sugary stuff they put into the the frozen concoctions. That's a committed. But Constante, drinker right there, the bartender uh, at La Bodeguita en Medio. His uh, name was Constante. Constantino, and they called him Constante. Constante. Uh, he started as a barkeep. The and only constant up, in his life, huh? Well, even let me tell you, even with diabetes, hey, this he found guy, a way to persevere. This and dude was smart enough to put together this drink, which had been around. It was in you know discovered by an American miner in Cuba. And after the Spanish Spanish War, and so Constante decided to make it a cool drink, not cool as in hip, but cool as in cold. Mm-hmm. And so apparently Hemingway strolled in one day to to pee, actually, and he f- saw these American tourists having this uh, wonderful uh, drink, delightful drink, and he said, "What's that?" They said, "It's a daiquiri." He says, "I'll have eight. What? Uh, how do we know these details? It's called reading. I know, reading, but where 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 has it been recorded that he went into Pete? So did he write? I guess he, he had like a diary. He wrote like I had to no pee. no he I went uh, to this bar. He he mentioned it to several people, and and so anecdotally that's been Got handed it. down through generations. Um, and he was a big fan, and apparently one day he had twenty four. That's also legend. Good so, good. Thankfully he's uh, this guy was committed to getting his drink. Speaking on. of DJs. Right, we got a, a real DJ show up here. Oh, oh yeah. this nice. is who we've been waiting for yeah, here. There Thankfully, you there you go. All right, so uh, we are coming up on forty-five seconds left. Carlos, preferred rum cocktail. Man, this is a tough one. You got to pick one. I know. This uh, is radio. We move at the speed. You of know sound. what? I'm gonna really, really go off the rails here, and I'm gonna say pina colada. Pina colada, not frozen, huh? not frozen. No, I don't like any of the frozen things. I mean, I'll not drink frozen, them, but, but whatever. I I like a pina colada. I'm a, a fan. Non-frozen pina colada. Yep. Uh, Non-frozen. Please pina. give me my man card back. No, no, no. No. Show. no, no, no. No, you can't have it. No. Sorry. All right. So I'm going to just go ahead and throw Nick, out. what's yours? The regular old classic daiquiri. The old right. daiquiri. Not the maraschino business. Just a daiquiri. Just a daiquiri. But not so, the f- not the frozen, frozen Not thing. the frozen stuff. <laughs> All right. And that is how we're going into this next commercial break. You've been listening to The Draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. Enjoy these very informative advertisements. I'm going to conduct this interview, gentlemen. Just just move over, over. Let me take a look. Okay, can I tell people where we are? Because I've been told by the radio people that I have to say this. Can I, can I do it? Another message. Another. No, no, no. I'm just letting people know that you are listening to The Draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. Yep. And now... Now, Joe, you are free to take over our radio show. Thank you. Which is the reason I came on the show to begin with. That You're the, welcome, Joe. I invited you mainly so that I would not have to work on prepping for this show. <laughs> Did you guys, is this a serendipity visit from David Rejano? Did you guys know he was coming? I, I knew he was coming. Right, I well, did not. But I, I wasn't sure he would make it in time. Let me school you, gentlemen, <laughs> and some of your listeners, although many people recognize the name. Back in the day, David Rejano was part of... Uh, the DJ team at Super Q. Super Q made history because it was the first bilingual radio station. I've heard FM of this. radio station. I've heard of this radio station. And the thing of it was, Super Q played, uh, you know, one song in English, which was predominantly disco, and one song salsa, right? 
So it was a catch weight for many of us growing up biculturally. Biculturally, I said. Very nice. Biculturally. Biculturally. You that got is, that. Did you get that one? I got it. Biculturally. Very well done. Here in Miami. And uh, so, David, thank you for coming by, man. So you're bi? My pleasure. <laughs> Bicultural. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, David Senior because my son was here yesterday. That's right. Let pe- yeah, so people are not confused. David Berjano Jr. Okay, so here's was the thing. Was on the show just yesterday. Oh, wow. Now it's a Berjano takeover. <laughs> it is a Berjano takeover. Berjano takeover, You're yeah, saying I'm cool. taking over the show. I think it's a Berjano. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Get this guy out of here. What's going on? Berjano. Berjano. Generational. The Berjano, bro. The Berjano. David, do you still, and I know you do, I know the, but I'm going to go ahead and ask okay. it anyway. I know the answer. But how many people stop you all the time and talk to you about Supercube? Well, a lot of people my age. You know, You're I'm, very young, David. Well, I'm 60. I don't, You're very young. I don't David. hide my age. 50-ish, early 60s, you right. know, late 50s, maybe late 40s, when the, the parents took their kids to, to the schools School. and to yeah. daycare. That was my thing. They used to listen thing, to yeah. Supercube. Hey, mom, you know, uh, they were teaching their kid that genre of music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? And cool. they were teaching their kids. They were also hoping their kids would keep some of the Spanish. Of course. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so. they were born here. So like, I don't want to learn to speak Spanish. Right. You have to learn. You have to learn. Let me tell you, I have the great fortune of knowing David and, and most of the DJs of that era. Uh, and, and you can't meet a group of nicer people, I got to say. Generally, that's not the case with radio stations and... But the group from Super Q is special, and I think we at, at least we want to keep it in our minds that yeah, way. We yeah, we were all in, in our early 20s. Um, I think Matika was 19 or 18, you know, so we were growing up, you know, right. getting together. It was like yeah, a family Lanz, teenager. Annie Lance was what, 20? Annie Lance, no, no, Annie Lance, no, no, was it? She was in the early 30s. Don't, don't let Annie hear you. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, like that's cool. Going back to what we were talking about before, that was the first generation that kind of was, was – uh, was given the the responsibility of kind of combining and blending the cultures that now my generation comes right, along, right. and the the cultures somewhat assimilated and right. kind of blended for you in a very unique way that's only found in Miami, but now you find yourself trying to distinguish between whether you're a hyphenated American or whether you're Miamian and what that means because Miami has been has been influenced mashed, mashed. mashed so. So deeply in right. such a short amount of time. Super Q, I love you. La mejor música la toca too. By the way, gentlemen, here's a trivia question: Who sang that jingle? Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Gloria Estefan and her cousin, and it was produced by Carlos Oliva, Los Sobrinos del Voice. Right, yes. right, right. Yeah. Am I correct, David? Yes, sir. There you go. That's the, correct. The judge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the judge's nephews. The judge. uh-huh. And by the way, their name is the judge's nephews, not Sobrino Herwes. In right. fact, later he had to kind of say Sobrino Herwes so Cubans would know what he was talking about because the name came from Laughing, an old show that you guys don't know about and I really don't know about because I'm only 51. But I'd be faking it if I told you I, I remember. I, I remember laughing, people talking about it, but I never watched right, the yeah. show. I saw the, the you, show. You watched a couple yeah, I episodes. watched it. Yeah, yeah. I got to say, Sobrino del Juez. I've on YouTube. <laughs> Sobrino del Juez sounds better than the judge's nephews. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they both sound good. The music <laughs> is what counts. Yes, absolutely. And that sounds good. And this gentleman played a lot of that music because you guys, David, were one of the few, if not the only station that would give local talent. So guys Definitely. like the Estefans, right? Definitely. Uh, Chirino. Miami Carlos Oliva. Hansel y Raul. You guys were the only guys spinning that. And I say spinning because they yeah, were actually playing records. Record, spinning, yeah. wait, let me tell you, I saw the first generation from reel to reel to cassette, from cassette to digital audio tape 
to CDs. What in the world Apple is this man talking about? No, that's <laughs> from. It's a cool evolution. <laughs> you know, it happened so fast. Uh-huh. From that, from floppies. Right. Then from digital audio workstation. So I, I went through all of that in my 40 years in the radio industry. Yeah, I, that's a cool evolution, and it's cool yeah. to, to to have gone through that personally. That's really interesting. Because yeah. and you and you understand like how the technology improves on what was oh, before definitely. you know oh, yeah, definitely. you see definitely. it in a very practical and literal definitely. way where if definitely. someone you know comes in and the first thing they do is pick up a cd you know it's it's cool and, and it's fine but they don't know what what the cd represents what correct. you used to do before to do the same thing you're doing right it's now with the cd right. correct and i think what's kind of interesting about just like Paso usa i think i think two things i think Paso usa and i think super q remain timeless and hip Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of the other stuff, not so much. But, but Super Q and Capasa USA, it's a time of coming of age in Miami. And it's also a time, and this is my theory, no one else's, I'll take the blame, of Cuban empowerment and Latino empowerment in Miami. And like yeah. I always say, yeah. Miami, unlike New York, Chicago, L.A. Which remains. It's not just Latino populated, it's Latino owned and operated. Sure. Yeah. Right? Um, well, and that's an important and this was our, but this was, no, I'm not saying that obviously other people contributed. Absolutely, there are yeah, other communities sure. that, that contributed to the growth of Miami. But Miami is Cuban-owned and operated. Undeniably. Make no mistake. Undeniably. And, and I think this was the soundtrack of Miami in that era that when, era, yeah. when you know, our first elected mayor was um, Xavier Suarez in 1985, the year that I graduated from high school. I mean, that's not that long ago, really, when you think of it historically. No, 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 not at all. Right? So we've come a long way uh, since 1985. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, his, I, his we, son is the mayor now. That's how far, how far we've come. And that's how tight a grip we have. And a couple of people <laughs> went to jail. A couple of people have gone to jail. You know, a few people well, have few. Many people have gone to jail. <laughs> well, you got to have some of that, too. You keep right? it exciting, <laughs> right? you got to take the good with the bad. You haven't really made it as a city unless people are going to jail. The most important 80s, people, the 80s. Were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was also an age of a lot of humility, right? No, no fancy cars, no, no pretty no. women, of course. No, very no, humble, no, no right, very. Right. Um, no Yale. No for those of us right. that, those, those, those that know what I'm talking about. This is very, yeah, of course, very conservative, very conservative yes. bedroom yes. community, sensible Quiet. town, sensible yes. town. So yes. absolutely not. Talk a bit about uh, Joe through your films, and David through uh, even just with your son. Uh, your experiences communicating what that era was to a generation that, to whom it's still important to their identity, although they might not be aware of it. That's got to be sort of an interesting thing, like exposing them to how so much of who they are is rooted in that era of, of, not, of, of culture, but also of media, of you music know, and of radio. I've had this, you know, Carlos and I worked together uh, for several years, and one of the things that would always come up is, you know, Carlos will tell you. And you Me, Carlos? Ch- you. Oh. And you could chime in oh, at any right. time. Cool. Where else in the universe will you hear a song, like a Franz Jolie song, or a Planet Patrol song, mm-hmm. or, you know, that still resonates in Miami with 20-something-year-olds? Forget 20 high school kids. High school kids, right? We've, yeah, you're right. And We've that is a tribute yes. to, I mean, Capasa USA reruns still play. Right. And people right. are, and kids are still into it. And kids are still into they it, right? It. Yeah. They love it. So something is going on here, and it's well, a transference of culture. Since I'm talking to right? Joe, it's uh, disco never died here. That has yeah. That we has never a, got the memo. It, no, we, we never got the memo. 
And let me tell you, you know, this. I have that weird Specifically theory. with music in that, in that generation. And I'm disco sure disco never you, died here. That, that culturally, disco never died. And what happened was disco demolition, which happens in Chicago in 1979, where they burned disco albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody, wanted to hear, nobody wanted to hear the term. Right, so then it became Italo disco. It became uh, uh, high energy. Different names. Any name you could think of, that's what they placed on dance music at the time. Right. Thank God Miami never got the memo, because these guys were still spinning hardcore disco, and then a lot of the stuff was being produced down here. So, Arthur Baker, who did precisely uh, uh, play at your own risk with Planet Patrol, he did Africa Bombada. Tommy Boy Records. Right, Tommy Boy. Um, Arthur Baker told me, "Listen, man." I, the first time I went to Miami, we were selling 12 inches, like, and that's records, um, like hotcakes in Miami. Yeah, and weird. I go down to Miami, I think I'm going to find the Bronx <laughs> with a beach. And what I found was this beautiful paradise, people dressed to the nines, mm-hmm. and old school discos that, yeah. I hate to say it to the New Yorkers, in many ways, topped the New York. People forget the original Studio 54 was open for not even two years. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. right. There are clubs in Miami that are legendary, you know, yeah. Casanova's, uh, Club Z 1235 oh, on the yeah. beach. I mean, you know, uh, right on down the line. So, and if you include Fort Lauderdale in there, you have some discos that are unparalleled anywhere in the world. Am I right or am I exaggerating, David? Up to now, there's two or three clubs in Miami that they still play disco and it gets packed. There you go. Yeah, yeah well, I was going to say, forget new clubs or uh, clubs that still exist. New clubs are not disconnected from that heritage, from that clubbing heritage. I see what you did there. And from the music. What did I do? Disconnected. Oh, I wasn't going there, but I knew that you would bring it. Wow. I, I, I knew I could. That's why he's here. That's why we keep Carlos around. <laughs> By the way, shout out uh, to my girlfriend who's listening to The Man, 1210. Uh, not just because I'm on. Well, probably just because I'm on. Um, you talking about yourself? She's a, she was a disco queen, a legend, a dancing legend. Anna Bustamante, dancing. She won I don't know how many awards. Wow. You know, dancing at Pete and Lenny's. Congratulations. Right, uh, yeah. How about that? I saw Planet Patrol and uh, Frankie Valli at the Pinalenis. And Frankie Valli. <laughs> go, go figure, <laughs> right? Figure. What a duo that is, huh? You know, I, I read, I, I forgot where I saw this, but it was a clip about Madonna's uh, publicist. Madonna was playing Casanova, my friend. And, oh, yeah, and then I remember the story you said that 83. Madonna... Uh, she broke as an artist here in Miami because it's the only place that the uh, radio station would Jelly play Jelly Bean Benitez. The and Mexican, she would play in Hialeah. Well, listen, the Mexican, which is written by Madonna, she sends backup vocals on it. It's a Jelly Bean song, uh, which is a disco standard. Oh, it wasn't called disco. It was already called something else. Um, the Mexican really breaks in Miami. This is where they you know, went crazy selling the records. And then from there, my, you know, Madonna springboards to her first album, which is produced by Jelly Bean Benitez, and the rest is history. But she started playing, you know, a club in... In, oh, yeah. in a strip mall in, in, a strip in, East, in East Hialeah. In East Hialeah. Not that there's anything wrong with East Hialeah. No, no, no. Uh, it's clearly the launching pad of and Madonna. My home, and my hometown. I grew up Madonna. in Madonna. It can't be that bad. And no. let me tell you something. That day, the we, Super Q presented Madonna. <coughs> there, was a host, there was a whole show. And she said, this stage is not for me. I'm an artist. So they had to move out all the hay for the whole show. To, wow. to accommodate because Madonna didn't like what was on the stage. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And that's how picky she was. Yeah. Unreal. At, at Who time. does she think she is? Madonna <laughs> or something? A megastar? Does she think she's Madonna or wow. something? So Get I'm, this hay out of here. I'm going to go ahead and, since we're on the subject of disco, shamelessly plug what is now uh, almost exactly two-year-old article that Joe wrote I, there you go. for uh, a website that I run called datemag.com. 
If you search for Dade Mag, that's D-A-D-E-M-A-G, nice. and Joe Cardona, you will come up with an article titled Toot Toot Beep Beep, The Rise and Fall and Rise Again of Disco, which also, the main reason I'm plugging this is, I mean, people should read it, but also so you can come to the Spotify playlist yeah. that you so, uh, so we did a playlist of all of the music that you reference in this article. And it is a lot of fun to play. So if you're on Spotify, you can also search for Toot Toot Beep Beep, The Rise and Fall and Rise Again of Disco on Spotify. And Miami is the true home of disco. Henry Stone, TK Records, Casey and the Sunshine Band. A yep. shout out to my man, Harry Wayne Casey from Hialeah. Yep. Uh, and those are the first, you know, it's always argued, what's the first big disco hit? Was it Barry White? Uh, Barry White's uh, Can't Get Enough of Your Love? Or... Uh, get Down Tonight or Boogeyman, you know, one of the early, or That's the Way, one of the early, or actually uh, rock, uh, uh, the, the, the George, oh God, George McRae's song. Yes. So it, the, the challenge is, which was, which was written by Harry Wayne Casey, a lot of people don't know that, um, whether it was Rock Your Baby or the Barry White song, it doesn't really matter, you're splitting hairs, but certainly disco, Miami, Miami is a music town yeah. as much as any other music town. It just doesn't get the cred because, you know, it, does, it doesn't. And I don't think people understand it because it's so mixed, right? So you go from disco to booty music to Latin music to freestyle. To freestyle. So it's very diverse, and I think that's why we get, the, we get shortchanged. So I'm going to also note that uh, Charlie texted me to let me know, who's the guy with the accent? He's awesome. <laughs> so he must have tuned in a little. That's late. Carluba. Listen, uh, Charlie, I I try to to speak as uh, well as I can, but hey, sometimes the accent comes out. But thank you for the compliment. So, um, thank right, so you, thank you very much for the compliment. We have just a few minutes. I'm going to let people know because there was a little bit of confusion on uh, yesterday's show. Eric nos tiene abandonado tomorrow as well. Oh, my wow! Gosh. Which means that we will not until Monday be smoking the number twenty-five cigar of the year, which is the Hoya Silver. So if you bought your Hoya Silver, that's hang a on. fine cigar. That's a fine cigar. Hang on until cigar. Monday, Hoya Silver, and that is when we will finally be rounding out our smoking through the top twenty-five cigars of two thousand eighteen. I want to end the show only because, you know, it's obligatory and we've been veering so far away. I'm just, I'm just getting started. Obligatory. With cigars. With cigars. Since you are the last one to have shown up and you don't have a cigar in your hand, which we will fix if you would like one in a little bit. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so you came here after having smoked. Uh, do you have any go-to cigars? No, no. No? What do you find yourself smoking? Arturo what, what, what? Fuente, Perdomo, Oliva, La Flor Dominicana. Yeah. Mainly nice. mild to medium, you know. San Padron, once in a blue moon. Yeah. Placencia Amafuente or Placencia, the other one, which is soft, like the Reserva Organica. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so one question that I always like to, uh, to ask is, do you remember your first cigar? Perdomo, 10-year anniversary. When was that? Nice. About seven months ago. Seven months ago, you smoked yeah. your first cigar? Yeah. Seven uh, months ago, almost a year. How did you make it that long? In, in the Miami party I, scene and not smoking no, cigars? I used to smoke back in the 90s. Ah, okay. I quit for a while. Then I came back like about nine months ago. The prodigal glad glad son, to have you back, David. The yes. prodigal cigar son has returned. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the My scene. My pleasure. <laughs> well, not that you asked, but I'm going to go ahead and plug. I've yep. been, I smoke EPCs pretty much uh, every week. And you have I've a preferred been, EPC? Uh, well, I, I, I refer to it like I used to the old, uh, the Charlemagne, which is the old uh, Gloria Cubana, 
size. I'm looking over your shoulder because I could be wrong, but I think that the EPC sales team is sitting behind uh, well, you. Well, there you go. I'm an EPC <laughs> smoker, and uh, I've enjoyed Neto Perez Carrillo's products for a long time. Very good. Back from the Gloria Cubana days. You yep. may be interested, and I'll, I'll be quick about this because we're running out of time. Balmoral Cigars has a cigar that you made. Have you tried Dueto? I have not. Balmoral Serie Signaturas Dueto is a Balmoral cigar that they collaborated on, and it's made at EPC's factory. It's delicious. So Very if you're nice. an EPC fan, look for Balmoral, Balmoral. Dueto. By the way, congrats on the magazine. I see it everywhere now. Thank you very much, Thank man. You. And with that, we got to wrap things up around here. Thank you, we have guys. A hard for wrap, wrap, wrap. You have Thank been you. listening. Thank you. Thank you for coming, you, brother. You Thank have you. been listening to the draw on twelve ten a.m. The man from Cigar Cellar at fifteen fifty seven Sunset Drive. I'm Nick Jimenez with Carlos Carluba Rodriguez, Joe Bye. Cardona, and David Berjano. Thanks to those last two people for showing up and making our jobs easier because I have no idea what I'm doing. But no thanks that we didn't get any chicken wings. No, no That's chicken wings. That's all I got to say. All right. Take care.